Chapter Six of Banner Tale: The Story of a Gray Squirrel by Ernest Thompson Seton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Six: The First Nut Crop. That year, the nut crop was a failure. This was the off year for the red oaks. They bear only every other season. The white oaks had been nipped by a late frost. The beech trees were very scarce, and the chestnuts were gone. The blight had taken them all. Pignut hickories were not plentiful, and the very best of all, the sweet shag hickory, had suffered like the white oaks. October, the time of the nut harvest, came. Dry leaves were drifting to the ground, and occasional thumps told of big, fat nuts that also were falling, sometimes of themselves, and sometimes cut by harvesters. For although no other gray squirrel was to be seen, Bannertail was not alone. A pair of red squirrels was there, and half a dozen chipmunks searching about for the scattering precious nuts. Their methods were very different from those of the gray squirrel race. The chipmunks were carrying off the prizes in their cheek pouches to underground storehouses. The red squirrels were hurrying away with their loads to distant hollow trees, a day's gathering in one tree. The gray squirrel's way is different. With them, each nut is buried in the ground, three or four inches deep, one nut at each place. A very precise, essential instinct it is that regulates this plan. It is inwrought with the very making of the gray squirrel race. Yet in Bannertail, it was scarcely functioning at all. Even the strongest inherited habit needs a starter. How does a young chicken learn to peck? It has the strong inborn readiness to do it. But we know that that impulse must be stimulated at first by seeing the mother peck, or it will not function. In an incubator, it is necessary to have a sophisticated chicken as a leader, or the chickens of the machine foster mother will die, not knowing how to feed. Nevertheless, the instinct is so strong that a trifle will arouse it to take control. Yes, so small a trifle as tapping on the incubator floor with a pencil point will tear the flimsy veil break the restraining bond, and set the life-preserving instinct free. Like this chicken, robbed of its birthright by interfering man, was Bannertail in his blind yielding to a vague desire to hide the nuts. He had never seen it done. The example of the other nut-gatherers was not helpful, was bewildering, indeed. Confused between the inborn impulse and the outside stimulus of example, Bannertail would seize a nut, strip off the husk and hide it quickly anywhere. Some nuts he would thrust under bits of brush or tufts of grass. Some he buried by dropping leaves and rubbish over them. In a few, toward the end, he hid by digging a shallow hole. But the real, well-directed, energetic instinct to hide nut after nut, burying them three good inches an arm's length underground, was far from being aroused was even hindered by seeing the red squirrels and the chipmunks about him burying away their stores without attempting to bury them at all. So the poor, skimpy harvest was gathered. What was not carried off was hidden by the trees themselves under a layer of dead and fallen leaves. High above, in an old red oak, Bannertail found a place where a broken limb had let the weather in. So the tree was rotted. Digging out the soft wood left an ample cave, which he gnawed and garnished into a warm and weatherproof home. The bright, sharp days of autumn passed. 
The leaves were on the ground throughout the woods in noisy dryness and lavish superabundance. The summer birds had gone, and the chipmunk, oversensitive to the crispness of the mornings, had bowed sedately on November 1st, had said his last goodbye, and had gone to sleep. Thus one more voice was hushed. The feeling of the woods was, Hush, be still, was all expectant of some new event that the tentacles of high-strung wood folk sensed and appraised as sinister. Backward they shrank to hide away and wait. End of chapter 6